Carter and welcome to the special episode of NZSA Live. The following content was recorded at our National Writers Forum in September 2018. We're releasing it during our 18 days of forum content to help New Zealand writers and authors through the national COVID-19 lockdown. Today's podcast features audio from the workshop Bottom Up or Top Down, Writing Process for Essay and Memoir Writers by Lynn Jenner. Lynn Jenner started her writing career at 50 with a year's full-time study. Since then, she's completed an MA and a PhD. This podcast includes a writing exercise, which was done by participants on the day. Feel free to pause the podcast at the time that it occurs or write it down and complete it at the end. However, there won't be a pause in the podcast for you to complete the exercise at that time. Kia everyone and um, welcome to this session on writing process, um, uh, top down or bottom up is, is the way I've described it. Um, my name is Lynn Jenner and um, uh, I want to say right away a couple of things, sort of disclaimers if you like. Um, one is I know that you are all writers too and so I'm not at all going to be taking the sort of any sort of position of teaching my grandmother how to suck eggs. Um, I actually am very interested in the process of all this and in, I'm particularly interested in the relationship of our habits to our creativity and when our habits are working for us and when they are not. Um, so that's the kind of discussion I want to open up and I'm really hoping that even though it's you know the second or third session of the afternoon that you might be interested in the process too and, and that we might be able to get some really interesting discussion going. So that's one thing I wanted to say and so with that in mind I'd really like you to have your say all the time. So if you've got things to say Please say them any time, whatever we're doing. Um, the second thing that I wanted to say, and it's just sort of in the way of um, expectations, we've got a terribly short time, and so and we ha we have to stop promptly because there's another session following. So I had to make some decisions about what to include and what to exclude. So I made the decision all by myself in my bedroom in the Kapiti Coast that writers like to write, perhaps more than anything else. And so some of today, some of our very short amount of time is going to be about you writing. Um, you won't be put under any kind of horrible spotlight and obliged to read it out or anything like that, but you will be asked to write, and just quickly and briefly, but um, I hope you enjoy that and that you might find it useful. Um, so on the subject of top-down or bottom-up, um, the terminology comes from the teaching of reading. So I don't know if there's anyone here who's like a teacher of... Um, children reading, um, but it's kind of refers to sort of two different ways of thinking about how children learn to read. Do you read, do you start to learn to read from the sort of elements at the bottom up, or do you have something that's like a cognitive process that's coming down from the top? And so um, I've just kind of borrowed the phrase top down or bottom up. Um, and, and here's why I'm interested in it. So in the last few years, I've been writing a collection of essays and um, 
records of um, the research that I've been doing about the New Zealand poet Charles Brash and about the construction of this big road that has been made through the Kapiti Coast. And I wanted this collection of essays and poems to form a whole. Um, I wanted it to be in some way thorough and also not thorough as in dull, but thorough as in still having some surprises in it. And I mean, as you know, that kind of balance in non-fiction is very tricky. Um, so I've been thinking about um, how to have my work sort of somewhat systematic, but also allowing for surprises to be in, in it. Um, surprises for me. So, uh, you know, I want there to be things in there that I had not perhaps expected to be in there. That's what, in my mind, makes it creative non-fiction as opposed to non-fiction. Um, so I've also been mentoring and supervising uh, and teaching a number of people who've been writing memoir and essays. And I have noticed, of course, that every writer has their own sort of habits and also their own intentions. So I've been thinking about what, how planning fits into that and also um, how planning influences your thoughts about what you're writing and also this other thing, this really, like for me, huge thing, which is this here, the imagination hides. And there, um, this is what I wanted, this is what I, this is the rest of it. So um, Alex Miller is an Australian novelist and he says the imagination hides in its dark hole and disobeys you. And then suddenly it's there. And when it's there, there's this sense of an offer. And I guess um, that's, my, uh, that's my goal, is to be thinking of processes that encourage the imagination to come out of the dark hole and join you on the page. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm talking about today. So I hope I'm right that you like to write. <laughs> I noticed that my way of writing is to write from the bottom up. So um, uh, when I start something, I start by something that I think I'm interested in, and I go from there. Um, so say that was an essay, I, I might be thinking of a topic or an idea or something like that, but I don't start by knowing what it is that interests me about it, or how I'm going to address it, or anything like that. I just start with this kind of um, intuitive sense that there's something in there that I'm interested in. And so I start writing, and then after I've written a bit, I look at it and I think, is there anything in there that's worth having? Is, you know, is there anything in there that's getting to the sort of nub of what it is that's um, of interest? And then once I've seen that, I write towards that, whatever that thing is. So um, it's kind of, I suppose you'd say, a, would you say a, a process of approximations? Um, so I've identified that as bottom-up writing. Um, so is there anyone else in the room 
who sort of recognises themselves as a bottom-up kind of writer. Right? Okay. Because we're missing a definition of top-down, eh? So is there anyone who feels like what they do is have a plan, say for an essay or for a piece of a memoir, that, or even a poem, God forbid, I can't imagine how you could write a poem with a plan, but perhaps, <laughs> but perhaps you could. Um, so is there anyone who writes with an, a plan for an essay or, yeah, if you are more comfortable in one side of that than the other, are there times when it would be good if you switched away from your habit version into the other version to pick up some of the benefits that might be on the other side? Um, so uh, perhaps more of an and-and you know, sort of way of thinking about it than an either-or. Um, but, but for me personally, I do notice that people have their sort of territory where they feel most... Where they usually, the, the way they usually work. Um, so, um, are there other people here who feel like they do both? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've also been working with um, some students who uh, start thinking that that's what they're going to do. Um, and I think they get encouraged perhaps to do that um, because it sounds efficient. Like if you have a memoir and it's going to be written in a year or two years or something, it feels like you might pull it off if you actually have a plan and work to it. Um, but I guess what I'm interested in is, you know, is that actually going to be written the best way it could? It could? And is it going to be as interesting as it could? And is it going to be as surprising as it could be? And where is the imagination in it? Um, so... That's the sort of tension that I'm interested in. Okay, so that's the sort of territory. And uh, I also want to say, we're going to switch into some writing in a minute, but I just wanted to say, if you think that this is a bigger conversation than this 45 minutes is going to allow, and I wouldn't be surprised if it is, um, in fact, I'd like it to be, um, if you come to the end of the session and you feel you have things to say about it, um, I'd really like to have a discussion like that on my website. And so um, if you feel inclined and you want to um, jump onto my website and make a comment about it, we could actually start a discussion where this was, um, you know, what people had to say was recorded and you could sort of, uh, we could throw it, would, that would throw it open to more people and it you know, could be quite interesting. Um, okay, so... We're going to do a little bit of writing experimentation. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to say, yeah, you won't be exposed in any way in this exercise. Um, you don't have to read it out or share it or anything, but I am going to ask you to do some writing and I'm going to ask you to comment on it. So not necessarily from it, but comment on it. So we're going to have a... Um, uh, a little go at writing from a completely open space with just a prompt, one, one subject prompt. And I'm going to give you um, I'm going to give you seven minutes to write this on this topic. Um, I tried this at home, and five was so short there was nothing. 
really, and 10 is so long it'll use the whole workshop, um, or too much of it. So seven is what I decided. And um, so I want you to imagine that this is um, the first go at something that might be an essay or it might be a section of a memoir. And I want you to write it in the first person. Okay? And so um, I'm also asking that you write it in a sort of stream of consciousness, bottom-up sort of way. So just take the prompt. Um, in a minute, I'll give it and write for seven minutes wherever your pen leads you on that topic. I won't know if you don't do it, so yeah, you don't totally have to, but you could. Um, all right, so the prompt is, the first injustice I remember. The first injustice I remember. Okay, that's, believe it or not, that's seven minutes. Um, it can go very quickly or very slowly, depending on how the day's going. Okay, so what was it like writing that, that thing from that jump-off point of the injustice? Why do you think it wasn't very difficult? Yeah, so if I had said, um, uh, write about your first, um, I don't know, school lunch or something, maybe it wouldn't have been quite so easy. So if you were wanting to... Uh, sort of harness some of that amazingness of the brain and the amazingness of the memory that can go here and go there, how could you do that for yourself? Like if, yeah, what could you do for a writer, for starting up a topic to harness some of that, do you reckon? Yeah, so you could loosen the requirements on yourself by loosening this, the whole sentence structure grammar thing. Yep. And you could... Uh, what, what about a topic? So for, for sort of triggering yourself off, what could you do? Do you reckon that might be quite helpful? Um, I guess one of the things that I would be thinking is if you start yourself for a new piece or a new um, section or a new essay or something, if you start from something that's very emotionally laden, you are like my theory would be you're likely to sort of get more mileage out of it, get more depth out of it, get more associations from it. Do you think that because when you're writing, there is a sort of it's not like self-consciousness and embarrassment and awkwardness disappears from you as a writing self, does it? So if I was sitting down to write something, I might feel a bit shy about putting something that was quite emotionally laden as the start-off point for something. Am I the only one who would feel shy about that? I guess I'm suggesting that starting from the inside is probably a useful way to start. And that even if you have those doubts, like, oh, it's egocentric or it's you know all about me and people will think this or that, um, there might be some sort of um, uh, depth and truth in it because you've let yourself start there that might loosen it up for you and allow you to go wider later without it sort of skimming. Because like, if you go wide at the beginning, I think you get that skimmy sort of thing where it never actually goes, maybe the risk is that it never goes down further than that, than that surface. So I'd like you to have a look at what you wrote in the seven minutes, and I'd like you to tell me, 
Uh, hands up, please, if there's something interesting in there that you think it's possible you might be interested in writing about some other time. Wow, that's a pretty good return on investment, isn't it? Um, seven minutes and we've got like 10 people who might some maybe have a, a little hook in there somewhere. So if you had something that was interesting in there, where is it in the piece? Beginning, middle or end? Is there anybody who can see their interesting bit right near the end? One, two, three, four... Yeah, five. Yeah, my working theory would be it's the last sentence or two that usually, um, in a 10 minute, I saw that we, I don't think there's anyone here, there was a, a woman who came um, to New Zealand this past February or March called Therese Svoboda, and she wrote, um, uh, She's written a, a biography of a New Zealand woman poet who was, or she was raised in Hokitika and went to New York and was part of the um, uh, Emma Goldman and um, sort of the radical women of New York in the early, early 20th century. And um, anyway, Therese ran this amazing workshop where she got us to write free writing for 10 minutes and then she got us to make a poem from the last 10 sentences. And that was very interesting to me because almost everyone in the group, the last 10 sentences actually made a poem. It was staggering how that turned out to be the case. So somewhere, it's like in the first, in her case it was 10 minutes, so maybe the first six minutes were throat clearing and talking about the coffee or the cafe or what was in your mind or whatever. But by the time you'd got to the sort of, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes, there was actually cool stuff there. So I thought that was very interesting and I wish you um, good fortune trying out her technique. Um, so we've got about five minutes to do something else and so I thought that what we would do is um, uh, switch now from that bottom-up way of writing about your first and the first injustice you remember, and just make a, a two, I'll give you two minutes to make a plan of how you could write a piece about that first injustice on the basis of what you have written already, and, and where or and taking it further, you know, in whatever directions you might like. So, could you take two minutes? and make yourself a plan for, a, let's say, an essay or a memoir chapter about that first injustice. Okay, believe it or not, that's two minutes. Um, and we have to finish at 4.25, which is not far away. Um, so my question to you is, is your plan the same as if you hadn't done that um, bottom-up exercise? Would you have been able to make that plan if you hadn't done the seven minutes. What about the content of it? Is the content different from if you had just started making the plan cold? As I said to you at the beginning, I don't. I usually know that something draws me to a topic, and um, 
I don't usually know why. I don't usually know what my thoughts are about it. I just know that there's something about that that feels interesting. And so I just write towards that. And so I look at it and think, is that what is actually that feeling in my gut or that um, the thing that brings tears to my eyes, am I getting close to it yet? Is any of that getting close to it? And, and so I guess I just kind of try and assess that as I'm, as I'm seeing it emerge. Um, so when it's other people, um, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, another little anecdote, actually, instead of answering the question. <laughs> um, uh, I was very fortunate when I did the um, MA at um, Victoria um, with, at the Institute of Modern Letters. Um, I was there in the final years of um, Bill Manhire, and he was my MA supervisor. And I was very new to writing, and so I would put in all my work for him, and he would look at, say, 20 pages of my work, and he would put, he never wrote anything about what I was writing that was rubbish. He would just put a small tick beside maybe two things or one thing or something. And I took those little ticks to mean there's a hot button. You have hit a hot button there. So something about the topic, the craft is working in that, in that moment. And, you know, the ratio wasn't very great. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I did find it um, quite anxiety provoking that, it was <laughs> that the feedback was so sparse. But um, so, so when I'm mentoring people, I take the same broad approach, which is I give feedback about where the hot button things seem to be coming together. And I try to be a wee bit more encouraging and, <laughs> and, and discursive than Bill was, because <laughs> he's an older man and he didn't have time to waste saying nice things, but yeah, I'm a woman and I take a bit different approach. But that hot buttons is where it's at, as far as I'm concerned. And I think for yourself as a writer, trying to sort of learn to recognise when your writing is really hitting pay dirt, that's what learning writing is about, in my book anyway. Thank you very much for today. Yeah. New Zealand Society of Authors, Tipune Kaituhi o Aotearoa, Pen NZ Incorporated, is the principal organisation representing writers in New Zealand. We want to continue to provide opportunities for you to grow in your professional development. That's why we've started NZSA Web Workshops. Visit our website, authors.org.nz, to find out about these opportunities. Experienced writers and teachers will lead them. And we hope that they help you to grow as a writer and face whatever tomorrow brings. Our website again is authors.org.nz.